Hello, and welcome to the Power Banking Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Twilley. Power Banking is a podcast for women who work in male-dominated industries. Today, we have a very, very special guest, Catherine Wheeler. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She lives in Dallas, Texas. She's passionate and skilled about developing career professionals, leaders, and organizational teams. She is authentic and creative in her methodology, and she's contributed almost a decade of expertise to various clients and industries, including executives and influential leaders from Fortune 500 companies, as well as nonprofit organizations. Catherine is a certified human resource professional, and she also holds an MBA with specializations in organizational development, design, and project manager. She's a speaker and a career coach, and Catherine maximizes her expertise to inspire audiences to pivot 180 to align their skills and passions with their personal and professional goals. Catherine is also uh, very active in the Dallas community, especially with young professionals. That's how I met her. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, Jacqueline. So as we dive into it, uh, let's start off with fill in the gaps. Did I miss anything in your bio? Tell us more about you. Yeah, so I think you got everything covered. I'm not that important. Um, But, you know, you sort of summed it up. I've had an amazing experience being able to work with career professionals, um, being able to work with executives on this idea of leadership and um, even a little bit of inclusion, which is why I'm super excited about what we're talking about. And I I really love the idea um, of this podcast. So in a nutshell, I I think we got me. So Okay, great. So Jumping right into it, what does power mean to you? Yeah, so that's a really interesting question, and it's one that really causes you to sort of think. But for me, um, power is really this idea of an expression. Um, It's an expression of of clarity and confidence in action. Um, I think that power can be executed through speech. I think power can be executed through influence. But for me, it's ultimately like the collision of, you know, surety um, and purpose. Nice. And so what industry that you do you work in that's male-dominated? Yep. So I work um, in paint and coating and a little bit of manufacturing. All right. So paint coating, manufacturing, yes, that just sounds like it is dominated. Yep. By- <laughs> so Catherine, what- I show up. I'm Go sorry, ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, it's good. Yeah. Saying I show up and people are like, what are you doing here? A lot of times. So. so I do have to ask this follow-up question. Not only are you probably just one of the few females in the room, but you're also a woman of color. So are there many other persons of color in your workplace? No, it's not. It's an effort that's been really intentional um, on my radar, especially being a woman of color in this company. It's something I easily see that we don't have as much of. Um, And it's not uncommon, honestly, in this industry because it's such a specialized industry. So um, minority women are very few um, in this type of industry, in this company, for sure. Okay. So what is it like being a woman working in a mostly male workplace? 
Um, so I always say, and I say it to the women that we recruit and we bring into the organization, um, that working in a male dominated industry is not for the faint in heart. That's absolutely for sure. Um, I think that there is a certain level of really just confidence, a certain level of sort of purpose that you've got to have, um, because you really on a consistent basis, you're demanding respect, um, whether it's from your counterparts, whether it's from your subordinates, um, because there is just an unconscious bias um, that many of the men, even in our industry, have shared with me that, you know, when a person of color, especially a woman, shows up, you know, everyone's always trying to figure out how does this person, you know, fit in the puzzle, right? Um, and so to to answer that question without consistently answering that question you know, you got to be sure of that yourself and you've got to know and not be concerned or afraid to assert that. Um, so there's a certain level of, um, and I won't even call it aggressiveness. I just think there's a certain level of um, confidence and, and even power, if you would, using the definition I gave earlier, um, that you've got to be able and willing to assert consistently. Love that. So you said two things that I want to tap into a little bit more. And I think really important for us to discuss unconscious bias, because Mm -hmm. a lot of times in different industries and workplaces, the culture is so ingrained and it's been developed for decade Mm -hmm. over decade. So some of the things that are done are really just done out of habit without um, any intentional bias. So how do you yep. tackle the unconscious bias that may um, prevent it from being the most diverse workplace? Yep, sure. So, you know, and I even say that even in a diverse space, there's always unconscious bias. You know, I have some, I'm sure you have some. and um, But for me, the danger becomes when that bias is unchecked, right? So I have some unconscious bias, you know, and but I can sort of walk this process through with myself to really understand what those things are. And so when you talk about how you help other people to acknowledge it or how you sort of um, navigate, I think the first thing, and I was, I've been very intentional my entire career with this, is really understanding that people are not coming for you on purpose all of the time, right? So right. there is like a level of like ignorance, there's a level of the unknown. You know, if you can imagine when I came into this organization, you know, I'm the unicorn right now because there's just an unknown. And so it's almost that I prepare my mind to sort of excuse the ignorance, you know, and, and to acknowledge that ignorance, I have some too, right? So um, it's all about our experiences. It's all about where we've been and what we've done. So I think the first piece is sort of acknowledging that, uh, you know, any negative um, influence from that space is not always intentional. I think the second piece, and this is the piece that, you know, I've gone back and forth with some people about, but after, like I said, almost a decade of sort of being in this space, I really understand that I am somewhat responsible for um, educating, if you will, um, or seeking to understand the position of those around me. Um, that's the only way I grow. That's the only way they grow is that we can have some difficult conversations to sort of uncover some things so that there's a better understanding on both parts, on both sides of the track, if you will. Um, and that's where, you know, true understanding and sort of moving forward. So now at least the bias is not a no, right? And so now when I come into the room, 
you know, there's the bias and then the person can switch out of it to say, oh, but that's just Catherine. You know, that's who she is versus here comes a minority female. But again, the success I've had in that area, especially inside of the corporate environment, has become, has been become um, because I am patient with other people that way. I'm patient to acknowledge my own shortcomings. I'm patient to acknowledge their ignorance. And I'm patient to seek understanding. That is, oh, that is so good. I hope everyone tweets that um, her success in that area is attributed to her patience and her acknowledgement of the factors around her. And I think if we are all more self-aware in those areas, that would also lead us down the path to success. Because what I often find is that we get frustrated in a situation and we throw in the towel before we reach that that success milestone. So thank you yes, for sharing. Exactly. So going back to one thing that you said earlier about what it's like being a woman working in that mostly male workplace is that you also deal with recruiting. And so I know you can't get specific here, but in general, how do you talk to women and tell them that, you know, Working in a male-dominated workplace is going to have its challenges, but it's worth it to come on board. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm very honest. You know, I'm very transparent. And I always know that when I'm having the conversation, I need to use my own experiences. Um, and that's never to, and to be fair, you know, it's never like I'm in an interview saying, oh, I was wrong. Because, you know, I've been super blessed and I've not been in that position. But, you know, part of that reason, again, is because I know myself, you know, I know um, what I will accept, what I will not, but I also know how to assert um, who I am with confidence. And again, using your word power. So when I'm talking to someone across the table who wants to be a part of this, I'm really looking to see that they have a little bit of that too, because I can't teach that. And this environment won't create it for you. Either you have it or you don't. And so um, I'm talking a lot about um, that air of confidence. I'm talking a lot about that ability to, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and I'm doing that using my own experiences. I'm doing that by being super transparent. That is a great segue to my next question. So when you have... Yeah at the table, how do you use your power to effectively impact change within the organization? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and that's really what I'm doing every day. Um, again, and everybody has a different method for doing this, but what works best for me is that I level set with the people at the table. Um, because the truth is we all have a goal. We all want something. If you think about, you know, for our listeners, you know, regardless of where you are in your career, you want something. Um, you, you need something. You want to be understood as it, as it pertains to a certain issue. But the only way we really get there is that we, we sort of come in understanding where we all are, right? What is it that we want? Where are we? And again, that comes through being authentic, being transparent. I have been so intentional my entire career. I'm not going to change who I am in the way of, um, um, in the way of compromising value, but I am going to be intentional about growing. I am going to understand, you know, whether it's the politics around me or whether it's 
um, you know, trivial stuff, I'm not going to be so frustrated with it that I tap out. Because if I do that, then I never even get to the table. Um, but I'm going to sort of seek to understand. I'm going to pay attention to what's going on. And so when I'm at the table and when I know that there's a change that needs to be made, I'm going to appeal to what's important to you. And the only way I can do that is that I first understand what is your goal? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, I just had a huge accomplishment I can use here as an example. Um, and that was really hiring a minority female into um, one very, very key position in this organization. And a minority female has never been in the role before. And so, you know, when I think back, because I've been thinking about that a lot, I'm like, geez, we've not been able to do this before. How did we get to this space? Because that's absolutely a change management effort. And I sort of rewind the tape back. And that was just literally being intentional at every segment of the conversation, you know, moving into this position for what do we really need? What do we really need? And hey, hiring manager, what do you really want? Um, and then making sure that we objectively sort of plan this conversation, not around the person's attributes, right, but around some absolutely like, um, what would I say, uh, criteria of characteristics, you know. And so when I go back to your question and you talk about this idea of um, change management and what that begins to look like, it's that we have a criteria, that we have an understanding that we've already discussed what it is that we want. So when it comes time to moving forward in an effort, all I'm doing is pointing out that this is what we said we wanted, and here it here it is. So let's sort of be risky um, and, and make that move because it's always a risky move, right? When we do something a little bit different, um, right. but the greater the risk, the greater reward, and I really do believe that. Yeah, I I echo that a hundred percent. The greater the risk, the greater the reward. And so along the same lines, what do you do personally to ensure the other women who work alongside of you or even in cross functions in the organization, how do you help them succeed? Because you are a small collective voice of women in the, in the workplace. Yeah. So um, again, it's mentoring, it's spending time. I spend a lot of time with women in this organization in fact, you know, I was last night, I was with a women's group that we brought together. Um, everybody has my cell phone number. Um, and, and I think it's important because I think, again, in a male-dominated industry, you need some support. You need to be able to um, have someone that you can call, that you can lean on. You need to be able to have someone who becomes a resource for you. Um, and we can continuously talk about, you know, making women stronger, helping them get better, but who's going to do it? Somebody's got to sort of carry the burden. And so um, I'll tell you earlier this week, I had a really difficult conversation with a minority female. And one of the things I told her is I said, I am working so hard every day to pave the way for you. I am being unapologetically in pursuit of excellence, but I don't need you messing that up. Not for you and not for the other women who want to be in your position. And it's really that honesty and transparency that I'm not afraid to share because too much is at stake, too much is at stake. And so, and it's also being responsible too, beyond mentoring Declan, it's being responsible myself for how I perform in my job. Because I know bad, good, or indifferent, everything that I do or everything that I don't do um, is going to be leveraged for the next hire behind me. 
And so I take personal responsibility for how I perform in wake of the fact that I am somewhat the gatekeeper for others that will come after me. That is so, so good. I'm over here taking notes, Catherine, like this <laughs> you're dropping like major, major life keys for us. I love that you said you're unapologetic in your pursuit of excellence because too much is at stake. Um, and that, that applies to so many areas of our prefer- professional and personal lives. So Absolutely. just want to switch gears for a quick second and let's yeah. talk about negotiation because a lot of negotiation is understanding your power and how to use that power to create win-win solutions. So I want yeah. you to think about the time that you negotiated and just tell us how did you feel before you went into negotiation? Yeah, so this is not a hard one for me. Um, You know, if we're talking about how I felt, you know, I felt prepared. I felt ready for the conversation. Um, Negotiation isn't intimidating for me. And I love your platform because you say something that I truly do believe. And you say negotiation is a conversation. And it really is. And so, um, like many other conversations, you know, I, I consider what it is I want, what it is I need, what it is I have to contribute and then I'm prepared to have the conversation. So in my most recent experience of negotiation, I would say that's how I felt absolutely ready and prepared. I love it. So share with us, how do you prepare for negotiations? As we know, each negotiation is different, even if you're negotiating yep. with the same person. So just kind of give us some of your um, tips as to how you look forward to getting ready. Yeah. So I think that... Um, for me, and I'm saying I think, but what I know is that I need to understand what it is I want. Um, And sometimes, especially going into a negotiation, I think the reason it falls apart is because what we think we want is not really what we want. And I learned that early in my career, you know, hypothetically, you go in thinking that you want money when in fact, you'd be just fine with more flexibility in your role, right? Um, So really just being very certain about what it is I want. Um, the second piece is really um, sort of understanding the benchmark for my request, right? You know, and that information is not always super available, but thank God for Google, right? And so understanding, you know, is what I'm asking a normal request? Is what I'm asking abnormal? And I want to be clear, it doesn't change my request to understand one or the other, but understanding that what I'm asking may be outside of the box it sort of helps me frame the conversation a lot better, right? Um, And then I'm always considering what it is the person on the other side of the table might want for me or might need or how they might perceive my request. Again, I understand that just so that I'm prepared to handle objections, just so that I'm prepared to help us collaborate and think through creatively. And so it's just really, for me, a thought process of making sure that my mind is centered around what it is I want, what it is I need, what it is I'm absolutely willing to walk away from the table with, you know, and then how I prepare, how I'm planning to follow up if it goes my way or if it doesn't, right? What is that follow-up going to look like? Because there has to be some follow-up. So um, if it's not the outcome I expect, what am I prepared to do next? If it is the outcome I expect, how am I prepared to execute on on what's next? So for me, it's more of a thought process, kind of thinking through that, a little bit of research if I need to, depending on what it is I'm negotiating. 
Love, love that. So how did you get to the point where you are so intentional about all of your actions? Because you said intentional about seven times, and I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I also follow that philosophy of being very intentional, but I have come to understand that a lot of people struggle in learning how to be intentional about everything that they do. So it seems like throughout our conversation, that's something that you've really been practicing for a long time. So just kind of give us some insight into that. Yeah, that's a great pickup, actually, Jacqueline. You're really listening. I love it. (laughs) Um, So when we talk about intentionality, the truth is I've lost a lot not being intentional, whether that's time, whether that's money, whether that's energy. And when you get to the place where you're wondering, why do I keep getting to this place? And you really start to think through that thing. A lot of times it's just because you weren't deliberate, you weren't intentional about what the task at hand were, was um, or what you were attempting to do. And when you realize that you can literally change your outcome by changing your preparation for an event or for um, a conversation, it really should change the way you operate. And for me, that's all it's been. It's like, I've lost a lot of time um, sort of trying to wing it, you know, and I'm a good winger, but uh-huh. certain things in life, I'm like, okay, I, I just need to really consider that I can get this right. If I do what I need to do on the front end to get it right. Or, you know, I can, I can, um, you know, deliver myself to an audience or I can share myself in a space, um, and get the response that I want if I walk into the room knowing the response I want, right, versus figuring it out once I'm there. So for me, it's it's really just come from a place of um, having lost a lot of time, um, you know, wasted a lot of energy that I'm like, I don't have to do that. I really can't. And probably a lot of people listening, like you said, you know, we go in circles a lot, you know, and some of it is because we're just poor planners. And I don't think you need to plan out every single thing. Um, but some of it, again, it just always goes back to me, um, goes back for me is what do I really want? What am I really trying to accomplish? And if I figure that out, then I can be more deliberate in my efforts to get it. I love that. And that's similar to what you said about how you prepare for negotiations. You really sit down and you figure out what you want. And I love your transparency and sharing that you've lost a lot of time by not being intentional. And that's the same for negotiations. You know, when you go in with um, a strategy of or lack of a strategy, which means you're going to wing it, you don't know what you really want out of it. And then you can't plan those scenarios A, B, C, D. If I don't get this, this is the outcome. This is what I can ask for. And I love how you share that by looking back at things that you didn't do well that's helped you to set those frameworks in place so that you are intentional moving forward. So this is a side question because I picked up on a couple of phrases that you said, are you a Stephen Covey fan? I am. I am a Stephen Covey fan. Yes. So in the Facebook group, Power Banking, the podcast for women, I'm going to link up to a couple of Stephen Covey books because I am also a fan. My mom gave me Stephen Covey books when I was in college. And um, yes. And so there are a lot of things, a lot of tips to success that if you implement them daily, 
you will become more intentional. You'll understand your power. You'll be a better advocate for yourself and for others. And I love that Catherine is a student of leadership. You can tell that she practices what she preaches and what she learns. You can just hear it. It's very transparent. So thank you again for that. So as we wrap up, Catherine, what would you tell yourself, and you've already shared part of this, but what would you tell yourself your first year as a career professional if you had to go back and give yourself any advice? Ooh, that's a good question. Let's see. If I had to go back, man, just thinking how far I've come, kind of crazy. Um, geez, I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> um, if I had to think back um, and talk to that first-year career professional, um, and this is going to sound a little bit contradictory, but I think I would say um, that you have value, okay? So you start this job knowing that you have value, um, but you get to determine what that value is. So determine for yourself what that value is and be okay if it evolves. Be okay if who you are at day one is slightly different from who you are at day 60. Give yourself a little bit of permission to, to wing it in that sense. Um, and make sure that while you're being intentional, you're being flexible because you're going to change a lot in this first year. You're going to have some experiences that are going to be hard. You're going to have some rude awakenings that will challenge the core of everything you've known about life. And all of that is okay. Um, you get to be a little bit more perfect in year 10, but year one, be flexible with yourself, allow yourself to evolve, and you assign your value. Yes. I love yes, yeah. you, you assign your value. Man, there are so many great takeaways from today's episode. This is definitely going to be one that I listen to multiple times. I just thank you so much, Catherine, for being open and sharing, being transparent with us. There's so much that I have learned today. And that is a reflection of your leadership in the organizations that you lead here in the DFW area. That level of excellence that you set is apparent by the person, the woman that you are and the leader that you are and how confident you are in the power that you have. So tell our guests how they can connect with you off the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you may connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram name is C-L-D Wheeler, W-H-E-E-L-E-R. I'm also going to be inside of the Facebook group. So please, please, please join. Um, Any extra questions you have, I'll be glad to answer them there as well. That is awesome. And so, Catherine, again, I want to thank you for your time. To all of our listeners, if you are enjoying this podcast, I have one big ask of you. Go to the podcast rating system of your choice. Leave us a rating and review. And if you have any questions, as Catherine said, follow up from today's episode. Or if you want to utilize her career coaching services, which I highly recommend, please look her up, link up with her on LinkedIn and take advantage of her coaching. As you can see from today's episode, she is full of wisdom and she will help you get your career on track and help you to be more intentional so that you can reach your career goals. Until next time, continue to emulate excellence and eliminate excuses. And be okay if it evolves. Be okay if who you are at day one is slightly different from who you are at day 60. 
give yourself a little bit of permission to, to wing it in that sense. Um, and make sure that while you're being intentional, you're being flexible because you're going to change a lot in this first year. You're going to have some experiences that are going to be hard. You're going to have some rude awakenings that will challenge the core of everything you've known about life. And all of that is okay. Um, you get to be a little bit more perfect in year 10, but year one, be flexible with yourself, allow yourself to evolve, and you assign your value. Yes. That's what I Yes, yeah. you you assign your value. Man, there are so many great takeaways from today's episode. This is definitely going to be one that I listen to multiple times. I just thank you so much, Catherine, for being open and sharing, being transparent with us. There's so much that I have learned today. And that is a reflection of your leadership in the organizations that you lead here in the DFW area. That level of excellence that you set, it's apparent by the person, the woman that you are and the leader that you are and how confident you are in the power that you have. So tell our guests how they can connect with you off the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you may connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram name is C-L-D Wheeler, W-H-E-E-L-E-R. I'm also going to be inside of the Facebook group. So please, please, please join. Um, Any extra questions you have, I'll be glad to answer them there as well. That is awesome. And so, Catherine, again, I want to thank you for your time. To all of our listeners, if you are enjoying this podcast, I have one big ask of you. Go to the podcast rating system of your choice. Leave us a rating and review. And if you have any questions, as Catherine said, follow up from today's episode. Or if you want to utilize her career coaching services, which I highly recommend, please look her up, link up with her on LinkedIn and take advantage of her coaching. As you can see from today's episode, she is full of wisdom and she will help you get your career on track and help you to be more intentional so that you can reach your career goals. Until next time, continue to emulate excellence and eliminate excuses.